0: Let's make Father smile and His heart happy He created us. By Apostle Jacqueline Fedor This blast is for those that have been born again correctly across the earth. What do I mean when I say correctly? I mean those that have been baptized in the name of Jesus and not in the titles of God. Jesus is the name above all names, and that is the name we're instructed by Scripture to be baptized into. It was God's plan that Jesus die and resurrect for us so we could die into His death and resurrect through His resurrection as a new creature. Therefore, it is this name that we are to be born into in order for this rebirth to take place. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. As a correct baptism is experienced, the knowledge fed at feasts of Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits are experienced. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8-10 through 10. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. This is the name of the one we belong to, the name we wear if baptized in the Lord. I understand because of false doctrine, there are many baptized in the titles or who they are. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but the Scriptures plainly state in the name of, not titles. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, Jesus, unto us the Son is given, the only begotten Son, and the government will be upon His shoulder, speaking of His body, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Holy Spirit, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. John chapter 14 verse 9 helps us understand Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 explains further. For in him, Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, his name encompasses the whole Godhead. Colossians Chapter 1, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell. The new creature must be born through Him to wear this name. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not Adam. Old things have passed away. The life we lived as Adam and all we did wrong is forgiven and forgotten. Behold, all things have become new. Unlike Adam, genetically altered to fail, the new creature is born through Christ, belongs to God, and is after communion, genetically altered by the blood of Christ, to walk in victory as a new species. Acts chapter 10 verse 48 shows us how the apostles is baptized. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Acts chapter 8 verse 16. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, as the Holy Spirit, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Very plain. Repent, die in baptism, and be raised to new life in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. These have their spirit renewed and given a new language. Their nature is seeded with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the abilities God restored intended for his children originally. In other words, these have attended and experienced the Feast of Pentecost. So, if we are baptized in any way other than complete submersion, lowered into the watery grave with all soul ties and cords of iniquity to the world broken and in the name of Jesus, we really should be baptized again. We want to be in Christ and marked by that name, so we can pray and praise in that name, become Abraham's seed, beneficiaries of the covenant promises, and heirs to God's kingdom through that name. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 29. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. None are preferred over the other. All are very special. And if you are Christ's, who was the promised seed of Abraham, then you, we become seeds of Abraham, because he is our Abraham seed and heirs according to the promise. What a beautiful plan God had. As the new creature enters into the blood covenant at communion, the feast of Rosh Hashanah is personally experienced and they metamorphose into a brand new species with the blood of Christ in their veins and are no longer Adam. According to the ancient scribes, it was at this exact time that the original pair, Adam and Eve, were created. How fitting for the new species to come forth at that time also. That's not all. Adam and Eve fell into Satan's hands through their rebellion, subjecting themselves, us and all creation, to the enemy. Jesus paid the wages of man's sin by his death and set us free from the possession of the enemy, thus returning the ownership of the born again that are related to him back to God. In other words, he jubileed us, atoned for us, allowing us to experience the Feast of Atonement, who we surely don't want to go back to the world and our old owner. But backsliding is exactly the plan Satan has for the born again, to regain ownership and control. He is well aware there is a new generation of people that will be left standing when the world is destroyed. When time is taken out of the picture and God's kingdom begins its regime, it is these, the born again in this age, the seed of Abraham, he is specially after. He is particularly after those that love truth, that hungrily seek in time knowledge and are aware and sensitive to the laws on their hearts and minds and daily using them for direction. They know the law is trustworthy, perfect showing men which way to go, what is right and wrong, according to the perfect mind of God. In other words, these choose to do God's will and use the law of God as their check and balance. I'm not speaking of the Mosaic law that brought death to man because he couldn't perfectly obey them in his fallen state, but the new covenant laws God wrote on our hearts and minds of his new species. Jeremiah spoke of these many years ago. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, the born again, are new Israel. After those days, the days of Adam's descendants, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 16, shows us the fulfillment. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. The seventh-day church says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. They are there to tap into at any time for the direction and protection. Again, It is Satan's strategy to make us break God's law in hope we will annul God's covenant and he will regain jurisdiction over us. He understands the cross, covenants, and promises are only for those who belong to God and love him. The new species are in reality God's land, his property, living stones that make up his house, having experienced the Feast of Tabernacles, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. 1 Peter 2, verse 5, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. John chapter 14 verse 21. He who has my commandments, studies scripture to know God's will and keeps them, walks in God's will daily to establish his will on earth. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And manifest myself to him. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The blessings are for the obedient. In fact, did you realize the seed of Abraham are blessed today because Father Abraham obeyed God? Genesis chapter 26, verses 4 and 5. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because, here is why, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. John chapter 14 verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 should make the world's church cringe and the new species to contemplate their walk very carefully. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? If the enemy can cause us to break the law, disobey Scripture. We will not be among the blessed until we see our mistake and repent. Meanwhile, a crack is formed and is wide open for the enemy to come through to attack us and the rest of the body we're a part of. Why does Abraham's seed experience the world's problems, sickness, pain, death, etc.? It is because of unaddressed broken laws and opened cracks. Another successful means of carrying out Satan's plan in the attack against the new species of man is through the people of his world that he still owns. They are puppets in his hand, shaped to come against truth. God's people, and most of all, come against God's plan for the restoration of all his creation. He causes them to mock and scoff in time knowledge, as well as those that proclaim it. His tactics are so subtle, it is many times difficult to understand or even recognize the attack because he uses clever, indirect, sneaky methods to achieve his cunning strategy. In other words, slick, shrewd, sly, and clever. He is a false prognosticator, the father of lies, and uses every trick in his evil mentality to to sway God's people from walking in truth and obeying the law. Whatever it takes, he wants to pull the new species back to his body and destroy the body of Christ. Sometimes it's a sob story spoken by a seemingly innocent person that snares the tender heart of the new species. Or it could be the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh or pride of life, the force predominantly behind Satan's kingdom. That absorbs them. You see, when the law of God is broken, the kingdom of darkness wins that round. We pray as the Lord instructed Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yet his will is ignored when we break the law and don't see its significance. And Satan gains another person for his body, and his kingdom continues to grow. However, here is the good news. If we do see it and repent, the law says at Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, baptized into Him, who do not walk according to the flesh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, but according to the Spirit, John chapter 14, verse 26. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, those he wrote on our hearts and mind bring life. Our laws of liberty has made me free from the law of sin and death, the law of Moses. James, chapter one, verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, not only looks at them, but lets their life be guided by them and continues in it, because they love and trust him, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. That's where we need to be at all times. You see, those that are under the law of Moses obey because of the consequences, blessings, or curses. But those that obey the law in their hearts do it out of love for God alone unafraid, because perfect love knows no fear. They first, before all things, want His will done on the earth so His kingdom can be established and creation restored. Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 9 For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, continue to be a part of Satan's world and plan, But those who live according to the Spirit, trying to obediently fulfill God's plan for them and further the kingdom, the things of the Spirit, when our minds are on God, it is harder for the enemy to plant evil thoughts and ideas, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, explains itself. Because the carnal mind is enmity, or an enemy, against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be, the carnal mind rebelliously resists God's laws that are written there. So then, those who are in the flesh, interested in the physical world and its people, cannot please God. God loves those in the world. They are a part of His original creation and gave his son's life to save them. But he is God, incorruptible. We're not to go beyond being an example or evidence of the kingdom, showing the fruit of the spirit of regenerated ones, ready to share truth with all interested. We're not to be personal friends or intimate in any way with the world. But you, the born again, spirit-filled, his royal family, nourished on God's knowledge, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. See why all the false doctrines covering the infilling the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. If we want to be restored and our mortal bodies to be in the position to be made immortal, we must have experienced Feast of Pentecost. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We can plainly see why baptism has been so messed up in the world's religions and being spirit-filled with evidence of tongues taught as demonic, all a part of the enemy's plan to keep his kingdom in place. He wants mankind to remain Adam his legal possession and in his control and attempt to take us out from under the shadow of the cross. He for sure wants us out from under the blood covenant of the lamb as well and out from under the law. Satan wants to keep us his children. The seed of Abraham, the new species, must therefore be on their guard at all times to not be pulled backwards or drawn into Satan's plan and his world. The whole world is designed to fill mankind with the world's knowledge, lure them back to the world's people and activities, causing them to become lawless and a part of Satan's body of people. Abraham's seed must therefore not only change their ideology, but the traits and characteristics left over from their life as Adam, as well to remain faithful. There should be no mistake about who we are by our speech, dress, Morals or manners in all things at all times, out of love and respect for our Father, our greater husband, our Creator, we should represent the kingdom. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, bear the warfare that comes against us physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, and yet remain faithful, that we may also be glorified together. You see, the laws on our hearts and minds are outlined by Scripture as well, and are always there to guide us, show us how to be more pleasing to God and successfully walk the correct paths to be in order and harmony with the rest of creation. Again, if we're in Christ and accidentally or unintentionally break a law, they don't condemn us like the old Mosaic law, as pointed out before. But it does show a lack of love for God on our part, which makes the enemy triumphantly gleeful. Satan wants our loyalty and worship so His kingdom can remain steadfast and solid. God, however, is not going to force His will on earth. We must choose to obey and walk in it for us to be the manifestation of God's will in action and evidence of the kingdom at work. But Father wants love to be the motivation behind our decisions and choices, not fear. Every time we make the right choice, It is like putting a stake in the earth, pinning the kingdom of God to the planet. You know, according to the numbers on our website, there is quite a family of Abraham's seed out there. We can't fix the world, nor do we want to. It belongs to the Lord's enemy. But we can get a good start at establishing God's kingdom by keeping His law and creating a new earth. That is His will. Isaiah, chapter 65, verse 17, prophesies of this. For behold, I create new heavens, one not grieved by fallen angels and sinful man, and a new earth, where his will is considered and his kingdom man's choice, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. This will be a total reversal of the curse of the garden. Luke. Chapter 12, verse 32 assures us of God's promise and our citizenship in the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Remember what God said to his people of old, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 24. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river the river euphrates even to the western sea shall be your territory kind of the same thing today same god as his new species everywhere our feet trod and we obey the law we have a part in planting the kingdom and helping fulfill the lord's prayer across the earth this should be the united vision of abraham's seed our quest Our task to see the kingdom implemented, set in place. Speaking of being united, wouldn't it be awesome if God's royal family could physically unite somehow and have a glorious night of praise and worship? How wonderful if we could be more aware of each other, really know one another, to provide friendship and moral support through these end times. You know... It is very close to the Feast of Purim, and the world is very much like it was in the time of Esther. Esther, symbolic of God's bride, was chosen, prepared, accepted by the king, like the new species, fulfilling the Feast of Sheminiatseret today. It was up to her to save God's people by exposing the intent of Haman, symbolic of Satan, exposing his desire to destroy all all of God's people, and the kingdom of the king. This is our task today as well. At the toss of the dice, the time to fulfill this evil plot to annihilate all God's people was decided. Mordecai, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, warned Esther of what was about to happen and implored her to ask favor from the king to save her people. Esther, chapter 4, verse 14, Mordecai said what the Spirit is saying today. For if you remain completely silent at this time, if you don't warn or teach God's truth, relief and deliverance will arise. For the Jews from another place, we cannot stop God's plan. One just won't be a part of it. But you and your father's house will perish. Our generation won't make it. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I feel we have. Her request to the king is significant of where the sacred seed, the seed of Abraham, stands today. Esther, chapter 7, verse 3. Then Queen Esther answered and said, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition or prayer. And my people at my request, Psalm chapter 102, verses 18 through 22, speaks of this new generation and its part in the kingdom plan. This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created, the end time generation, may praise the Lord. For he, Jesus, looked down from the height of his sanctuary From heaven, the Lord viewed the earth. To hear the groaning of the prisoner, those trapped in the world, enslaved in its systems and engulfed in its problems. To release those appointed to death, made mortal through the fall of Adam. To declare the name of the Lord in Zion, New Zion, and His praise in Jerusalem, New Jerusalem. When does this happen? When the peoples are gathered together, and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Awesome! Romans chapter 8 verse 19 reveals all creation is waiting on this. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Romans chapter 8 verses 20 through 21 For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. In hope, mankind would see the hopelessness of this world and its God and seek the kingdom of the great I Am. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. To accomplish this promise of restoration, the end-time knowledge of God must be spread across the earth to blot out Satan's lies. False doctrines that promoted and encouraged the false teachings that infrastructure the beastly systems of this world must be exposed so God's people can build stable lives based on truth and the kingdom can cover the earth as prophesied at Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. They will not eat each other or harm us. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Closing thoughts. As Satan's knowledge and wisdom has been the guiding factor behind the world we live in today, through the hands of Adam's descendants, so the kingdom of God is right this moment being established By the hands of Abraham's seed, which is Christ, the word of God, through his descendants, they rejoice in the law as they are nourished by the truth fed from the Lord's table at the feast of Shemchat Torah. They delight in knowing and walking out his will and are doing their best to release the living waters of truth across the earth as God multiplies the seed of Abraham according to his promises to Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, and us. So let us really heed 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Pay attention as 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 warns. Do not be deceived evil company corrupts good habits. Even the elect can be fooled. Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 through 39 makes plain God's will. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Our neighbor is new Israel as we are commanded to not be a part of the world. Remember when father looked down at the mess Adam had become in Genesis chapter 6 verse 6, he regretted he had even made man. So as the first of his new creatures, let us make Father smile and his heart happy. He created us.